<laughs> they're just like looking at him like, what in the world? <laughs> I love the line when they couldn't get a hold of him. He's like, I even swiped right like, on Han's t- Tinder profile. <laughs> that was a good line. I won't lie. That's a good line. Welcome to the What's Already Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Hit all those buttons that help you keep up with our episodes, new content, and it helps us grow the podcast, which we appreciate all the time. You know how else you can help us grow the podcast? Go out and uh, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell one of your, tell, go tell a street racer. Or an unkillable superhero would work too. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> family member was so great for our movie choice today, JJ. I know. I know. I had to add in family and I had to add in Street Racer and the other one was just a dig. <laughs> but <laughs> with that, if you can't tell, we are here today to review Fast X. It was released May 19th, 2023. It was written by the typical... Oh, by the same people. Dan Mozo, Justin Lin, Gary Scott Thompson. is directed by Louis Leterrier. It stars Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jason Statham, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Natalie Emanuel, Charlize Theron, John Cena, Soon Kang, Helen Mirren, Brie Larson, Scott Eastwood, Alan Richson. Oh, I gotta take a breath. Hold on. <laughs> Louis De Silva Jr., Leo Abelo Perry, Daniela Melchior, and Jason Momoa. Jesus. Everybody was in this movie. Seriously, fucking everyone. Dom Toretto and his family are targeted by the vengeful son of drug kingpin Hernan Reyes. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, if there is such a thing as spoilers in this world again anymore, which maybe that's a spoiler in and of itself. Explain my hair. That's uh, fair. That's fair. Yep. Yep. Alex is in character. I am in character. I love it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast, go pick up where you, or go watch the movie and come back and pick up where you left off because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. No mercy. Yeah, none. I believe we did Fast 9, and I shit all over that movie. Here's the funny part, and then we'll jump into some serious topics. Like, if I'm comparing Fast movies, this one was better than the last one. It's better than the last couple. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and there's a lot of reasons for that, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go. But this one was not the worst of the franchise, which consistently, with a couple of exceptions, each one has been worse than the last. There were a couple of exceptions. Like, I think Fast 5, where they brought everybody back again, or it was the fourth one. Maybe it was the fourth one. One of those fourth was in the middle. Robin gas trucks, gas trucks in Dominican. Mm, so, but the, did that one have Paul Walker in it? Was that the first one to have both Paul Walker and Ben Diesel in it again? Yeah. Then that was the one that was okay. Fast Five is the one that this movie is based off of the whole, mm-hmm. the one down with Hernan Reyes and which until the end was okay. Yeah. And then the end, I felt it kind of went really off the rails. But since Fast Five, they've all just gotten fucking worse and worse and worse. And then this one, I was sitting there going, this isn't as bad 
I don't want to say it's not bad because that would be a lie for me. Like that would not be me being yeah. honest to myself. If you put it in a vacuum though, compare it, like you said, to the other Fast and Furious films in the franchise, it isn't bad. Yes. It, yes. It, it's like... <laughs> if you compare it to any other motherfucking movie out there... It's awful. It's not that good. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> like it's terrible. But yeah, like, in, like you said, comparatively within the 10 movies of this franchise, I can't even believe I said that out loud the 10 movies that this franchise has created, it's not even close to the worst. With that, let's talk villains. And I think when you talked about this topic, I think we have to talk about all the villains because they're still fucking part of these movies. Yeah, here's the thing about Fast and Furious that uh, you know I'm pretty much all about is they do, and I don't think they get enough credit for. Yeah. By the way, do you think that's my color? I, what do you think? It matches your bandana, yeah. dude. I love Perfect. it. I don't think they get enough credit for like how good their villains are. Like their villains are phenomenal. The problem is that their villains don't stay villains. Yeah. Which I was appreciative that they made fun of during this movie. Sure. Because the villains are typically always, or for the most part, they tend to be some form of law enforcement. Um, And then so the law enforcement just becomes part of their family. Mm -hmm. It's crazy stuff. Unbelievable. So I enjoyed the little dig at that, but I mean, Jason Statham as your villain, Owen yep. Shaw, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Momoa in this one killed it. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy smokes, they turned him loose. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of watching this, I was like, you know what? Fast and Furious like, uh, absolutely gets shit on for good reason. But something I don't think they get enough credit for is the villains that they have are really good. Yep. And it's like a combination of the actors that they get to play them and then just general story writing, turning them loose. Like you could tell in this film, Jason Momoa was having a field day. Shit. He was enjoying every single second of being just this psychopathic sociopath, pretty much, and just having a grand old time. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about that, JJ? I completely agree with everything that you said. And it's it's one of the most frustrating parts for me about this whole tit this series, because when they started in with these interconnected villains, right? It was a real struggle because, look, I actually enjoyed the first of these films. It's one of my... Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, if we're talking... Guilty uh, pleasure guilty movies. Guilty pleasure movies, it's up there. And then it all went to shit with two, and it kind of went even more to shit with three, and then it was like, what the fuck is happening? But then, I will say, so I think it was not Jason Statham's character, but his brother. Was that six... I think that sounds about right. Cause it was after Dwayne Johnson was in there. Yeah. Or was it that after credit scene of like Tokyo drift was where you saw him? I don't remember. No. Cause Tokyo drift is where we saw Vin Diesel come back. Okay. That was the post credit on that one with, Oh, I know what it was. It was the post credit scene of four. Cause you saw Han. Yeah. 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 Die. Die. Fuck. Um, and you saw the Jason Statham's brother. Yeah. And so six, six was the one six where... Six was the one with the last the Paul Walker, right? No yeah. more Paul Walker. And it had Dwayne Johnson in it chasing them the first time. Like he was trying to catch them. And then it had Luke Evans as the bad guy, which was uh, Deckard Shaw. Was. Had Gina Carano in it. And it was the first yeah. time we got introduced to... Went to, uh, like, uh, Dubai or whatever it was. Abu Dhabi. That's yep. what it was. Yep, Abu yep, Dhabi. Yep, yep. So that was six. And then seven brought in 
what's his face character, Jason Statham, trying to get revenge, Owen, Owen because the he thought they killed Deckard, which turns out as par for the course, nobody fucking dies in these movies. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> I I'll be I honest, love their I, villains. Like, but I'm with you. I love their villains. What I their hate villains is, are great. I love movies, them when they're villains. Yeah, I don't and, necessarily like them when they're heroes <laughs> or part of the family because it yeah. doesn't work for me. Like, I'm like, wait, in the F in nine or eight, I don't know whichever fucking one it was that they were saving the baby from. I think it was eight when they killed the mom of his kid. And it was Cypher, the first time Charlie Theron's in the movies. And these people murder or at least try, or you think that they've killed your people. And yet here you come and they're working together and it all works out. And I'm like, as soon as you get your foot in the door at that Toretto barbecue, man, yeah. you're set for life. <laughs> I know it's fucking ridiculous. And I'm with you. Like, I love that they made fun of it. Like the line from, yeah, from Momoa. And then the dude, like his buddy, the guy, the agency guy that was chasing him. Ames. Ames. Like, I loved that part where they were making fun of it, but, and then I was so mad when Cypher, one pulls up in a DeLorean. I was so distracted by the fact that it looks like DeLoreans are a thing again or yeah. might be in the future that I f- forgot I was watching a movie. I was like, wait, what? And I was in the theater by myself, so I start Googling DeLoreans again because yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm here to watch a movie. Hold on. But then, yeah, like Cypher becoming part of the crew and then, yeah, I don't want to talk about the end of that scene yet because we're not to that point. Yeah, I'm with you. Jason Momoa, though, moving from villains to specifically Jason Momoa. <laughs> might be one of his best, if not his best performances ever in a movie. Yeah, so Ocean and I were talking about this, and I don't know if you ever saw it. He had this movie come out on Netflix about maybe around a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe even less than that, where it's like he's a dream character, like walking through dreams type of a thing. Hmm. It's this really trippy movie, but it was kind of the first time where he got to just almost take the reins off, right? He's not that mm. serious, tough bodybuilder type guy. He's a jokester. Yeah. And he is hilarious. And then followed up with this performance. Oh my goodness. I was dying with laughter. And oh, yeah. you could even tell just that he was having the greatest time on this set. Like they took all the restraints off essentially and just said, Hey, be yourself. And he went to town. Oh yeah. Um, and so I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, but Oshi brought it up. She's like, that's who should be Jack Sparrow if they continue the Ooh. Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Mm-hmm. If anybody could take over from Johnny Depp, it's Jason Momoa right now. And I would have called you crazy until this movie. Right? Because he does it so well with the movements, this portrayal, everything down to getting the humor to pass quickly. You know, the point where he's painting, the scene where he's painting his nails yeah. and he's got his two dorks just yeah, no. the fucking I'm gonna go wash my hair. Like, Someone will be by to bury you later. Yeah. Toodles. <laughs> it was fucking great. What should we blow up first? The Vatican? Yeah. Oh wow. You guys are bad. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. When well, I love that he just kept dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just or going yeah. by in the motorcycle. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's like waving at the one girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was perfect is what I can, is all I can say about it. I was dying with laughter, perfect performance from him. And it's almost like, cause this is also the first time that the villain kind of crosses 
movies in this one, right? Because mm-hmm. it's always like introduce bad guy by the end of the movie, bad guy's part of the family at the barbecue. Yeah. This one, you know, at least they're extending it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm so glad they did because if you went from psychopathic guy at the beginning to at the family barbecue by the end, yeah, this would be the worst one in the franchise. I'm not thrilled that we're going to have to sit through. I think it's another two of these things too. Yeah. To get the full story, but I'm glad that they're finally using a villain in a great way because let's, let's be honest. They had Jason Statham as a villain for several movies. Perfect. So Jason Momoa absolutely killed it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He was the best part of this movie by far that and a a surprising character to me that we'll talk about now, because we're going to move into the, part of family. And I want to get the good part of this out before I shit all over this family thing. And that is John fucking Cena. <laughs> okay. Listen, I was pissed. Like, cause the last movie, he was the bad guy, right? Like he was teamed right. up with Cypher and it was to get revenge. And you can't have the actual brother of Dom Toretto and expect him not to become part of the family. So it was a huge tell that he was coming to finish up that nine movie, whatever. They fucking wasted him as a villain. He was a fun villain, but they wasted him as a villain because as part of the family, this dude was dope as fuck. Like, if there was another person that entertained me in this movie, even remotely close to Momoa, it was Cena. And he was not in this enough, but his Mm -hmm. banter with the kid, like, we only swear... Those kind of words. (laughs) (laughs) Lyrics, stub toes. And then it was like uh, cannon cars, music lyrics, stubbed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It was great. I mean, it, but like their interactions were just fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the family piece, like I fucking hate that shit about these movies. It's all family. No, but shut the fuck up. Well, it's overplayed. It's yeah. way too overplayed because I like the idea behind it, right? Sure. Having this tight-knit family stuff is great concept, but they telegraphed so much and yeah. it is so overplayed that it becomes the biggest joke that you can make about this movie. Well, and that it's like they say it 250 million times in the movie. Like it's somewhere along the line. Here comes family. Like that's just, yeah. you know what I mean? Protect my family. My family. <laughs> Fuck, dude, shut up. I will say when it comes to ridiculous, like, tropes, like, this one was weird because, and I get what they're doing, it just felt off to me, and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or another, but the way that they split the family up this time, like, normally there's a little bit of a split, or, like, there's two groups, or one person's kind of off and doing their own thing. But, like, this one, you can tell that they're splitting them up to have some side stories for the next two films because... You have Statham going after to protect his mom. Helen Mirren is way too fucking good for this shit. Um, mm-hmm. What the fuck is she doing? Like, I mean, she just must, must be, having, be a fat paycheck. <laughs> yeah, she's just having a fucking good time and an easy fucking paycheck for in her old age. You know what I mean? Which kudos to her. You're a fucking dame. Do whatever the hell you want. I'm, I'm all for it, Mirren. But it was just like, what the fuck is she doing in these movies? Right. <laughs> um, so there's that piece, which is I found a little weird. And then, of course, you have the whole exploding airplane bullshit. Because yeah, I'm so glad none of them died. Come on. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting for John Cena's character to not have died either. Dude, wake I will be so mad. A, wake up somewhere in a hospital with amnesia of some sort. Letty that's style? A, that's what I, yeah, Letty style. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. 
dude. It can't. Dude, if they waste that, well, here, okay. So since you brought that fucking shit up, I was actually gonna let it go because it pissed me off. One, you have a cannon car, and they've proved over the three shots that they take that you don't miss with said cannon car. Okay, so easy a little kid could do it. That should be the slogan, right? He, <laughs> and he, they don't miss. In fact, the first shot takes two cars out, and I'm all for it. Game on. That shit was dope. I don't know what the fuck bullets they were, but that shit was fucking dope. You have two lanes of traffic. You're on a fucking six lane freeway, two on one, three on one side, three on the other. You see the cars coming towards Dom. Why don't you, I don't know, swing your bullet car wide, turn it towards it, shoot the fucking things instead of flipping said car into a neutron fucking bomb. I just felt like it was unnecessary for him to die considering the weaponry that he had on hand. Even if he doesn't hit them, if he hits the road in front of them, if he hits one of them, it disrupts, does the same thing as him flipping it and killing himself basically and landing on them. I was just like, that just seems unnecessary. And especially to get rid of the second best character in this movie right now. Like I was so disappointed and then in my head, I went, you know what the worst part is, is I cannot say for sure that he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's not. <laughs> and I should be able to because that was a big ass fucking explosion. Yeah. And there wasn't much to that car. So either way, I'm disappointed because I want more John Cena, at least with little B, right? Yeah. Because that was the best. It was the best. It was the greatest road trip ever. If you want to lose a tail, first you have to get a tail. <laughs> Yeah. What do we do? It's time to lose the tail. Yeah. This is good. I'm so glad it's not the heights. Yeah. (laughs) Is it the heights? Because that's going to be a real problem. Yeah. (laughs) I fucking loved it. Like, it just, yeah, it was great. It was great. He was one of the best parts. Now he's gone. Maybe. I don't know. But we certainly know the people in the plane aren't dead because they had cars. And as we've seen, their cars can jump out of planes and be just fine. And they had at least one off-road vehicle in that particular plane, so they're good. Yeah. We know that, even though they don't want us to think that. But this... It's overplayed too much. Yeah, we we know know for sure. Especially because when you follow it up with that, we have another member of the family that has no business being alive that shows her face in Gal Gadot's character coming out of a submarine that's owned by Cypher, which makes me go, wait, what the fuck? Has she been working with Cypher this whole time? Because I'm pretty sure Cypher is... Cypher was bad enough as a villain to get two movie appearances, and she got a whole scene of Letty beating her ass because they couldn't let go how much damage she did to the family. But now she's kind of part of the family. Because it was cold outside. Yeah, and where the fuck, I mean, are you serious that Gal Gadot's been working with her this whole time? Like, how's that connection going to work? Because I'd be pissed at Gal Gadot if she somehow faked her death flying off of a burning fucking plane hundreds of feet in the air, leaving fucking poor Han, which I guess at the point that point we thought he was dead too, so what the fuck does it matter? Anyway, that's where shit starts getting really convoluted for me, which leads us to our next point in his... Does anybody fucking die in this shit? Because very few people no. have. The only one, and you know, I'm gonna go to hell for saying this, is Paul Walker. Sure. 
But even he's not dead. The character's not dead. <laughs> That's true. But I was a little bit annoyed that they have him looped in because I think it was six or seven, one of those where they ended it perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. He was out. He yeah. wasn't involved anymore. And that's where you nip it in the bud, cut it off completely. You know, that was the entire goal for this movie is to get him out of the life. Mm-hmm. And then they are keep bringing him back. And, you know, I feel bad for Jordana Brewster, right? Well, I was going to say, but if they do that, then Jordana Brewster yeah. can't come back because it makes no exactly. sense for her to be there and involved. Because we all know that if she's in the middle of it, fucking Brian's coming, right? Like that's what yeah. they've, they established that Paul Walker was alive. And so they can't turn that off. So Jordana Brewster to get a paycheck, Brian still needs to be involved. Yeah. And but it's just, it's just one of those things where it's make a decision and pick whether you want him in or not, because it was the whole scene where the, you know, the agency is coming in with their kill squad or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, Brian, Paul Walker definitely wouldn't have been there for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like all the he family barbecues. What the, with the kids. fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, they left him an empty chair. Sure. Um, well, so in his like, nine, oh, they okay. show his car pull it up. I'm with you. Look, I love Paul Walker. He's like a Hayden Christensen for me. He's not a good actor. He wasn't a good actor. But he found ways to be entertaining and still made movies that I was entertained by. And I liked him. I thought Paul Walker was cool. I, it's sad that he passed away. It was a terrible thing. And, and I get that there's some serious sentimentality there. And I know that Jordana Brewster needs a paycheck, but just out of, for me, out of respect for the fact that it, it causes a continuity issue that I then have to think about and go, yes, but to explain around, I think they would have just been better off. Unfortunately, if the character had died too. And yeah. Jordana Brewster's there because she needs the family, it takes a village to raise these kids. So it would just make more sense to me. And now Jordana Bruce is just in a movie for five minutes so that she can be in a movie for five minutes and yeah. keep that character tied in. Anyway, we probably are so going to hell for that, but yeah, I got us off topic, but nobody dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I texted you like, I'm like, fuck dude, Marvel's killed more characters than this yeah. movie franchise has. And that's saying something because I was sitting here trying to think of who is actually character based gone because now the whole team is back except for the guy from the first one that gets shot by the Asian crew in front of the house and the guy, Jesse, Jesse. (laughs) And then the guy that gets that they find in the fifth one that's down in Argentina. Yeah. That had his arm all shredded up. I think he's dead. I think he got killed in five. Yeah. Cause they sent his wife a bunch of money. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. With the little kid. So we've got two characters. And then whatever happened family. to the, the two Dominican guys that were in a couple of them? The last time we saw them, they were in fucking Morocco or something. And they gambled all, right. all so their money from yeah. Always those. Always on black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was a, it was the end of the fifth one when they stole all the money from the safe. They went down and gambled it all on black. And we don't know what the fuck happened. And we haven't seen them since. But I think that's cool. an actor choice. But yeah, they were fun. Yeah. I wish they were still around. So that leaves two people who essentially were in the original one. Yeah, that's it. Everybody else has found their way back now. And that begs the question for me, from an acting perspective, is it because you like these people and you have fun filming? Because if that's the case, 
more power to you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay from a perspective of like these actors and these performers and they, they go and do these movies because they have a great time and they really enjoy doing the movies and they have fun with the cast. You know what? Fuck off. If my boys were making movies, no matter how bad they were, I'm in, right? Like if we're having a good time and we're doing something fun. So I respect that. Or is it because of a paycheck or is it a little bit of both? And I don't I have know. to think it's fun. Cause if you watch Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson, I mean, oh my gosh, I've been thinking, I thought I smelled something burning. <laughs> like just their byplay back and forth is incredible. And yeah. then you throw in, uh, who is it, Sung Kim? Yes. Like he doesn't say a lot, but what he does say is gold. Oh yeah. And I mean, just a little like Twitter thing or uh, oh, yeah. what was it? Twitter, it was uh, Tinder. Tinder, yeah. Tinder, yeah, like... Yeah, just leave for three or four days. You might get a match. It's bing, 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 bing. bing. <laughs> they're, like, they're just like looking at him like, what in the world? I love the line when they couldn't get a hold of him. He's like, I even swiped right like, on Hans' Tinder profile. <laughs> that was a good line. I won't yeah. lie. That was a good line. Yeah, so, I mean, fun. I have to think it's the fun. I hope so. Um, and I can respect least, that if it is. Yeah, at least up to a certain threshold, because you can tell when they're filming these movies, like aside from the melodramatic family stuff that always pops in there, like they're having a good time. Sure. Sitting around the table at their barbecue or, you know, just finding something, some like stereotypical trope that they can use and dive into. And even the remote control car. It's like, yeah. you said you wanted to drive. So I put your head on the remote control car and now you're driving. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, it's just so funny that I have to think that most of it, yeah. at least, is they enjoy filming these. Well, there's and we, enjoy, and we go see it. them, so. Yeah, I mean, I only saw it for the podcast. I'm serious. Like, if Charles hadn't voted for this shit, I would not have gone and seen it. Same, because I didn't see the last two. But I still wasn't lost. <laughs> Oh, sure. I mean, I saw the last one because, again, the podcast. And it, there's got to be something to it because, I mean, it's not like you just have these cusp A-list actors either. Like, the ones that have been with it since almost the beginning or throughout, like, I get because most of them don't get major jobs outside right. of these films, right? They just don't. That's just the truth of it. You'll have some that might get some here and there. Even Vin Diesel doesn't do anything but these movies for the most part. That and like voiceover shit sometimes. But he's not, it's not like he's out doing triple X movies or he's not out doing Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. There's not shit that he's doing at this point. It's just this. And then he produces a lot. But you have people that like Charlize Theron. Again, we talked about Helen Mirren. As much as I don't like her, Brie Larson in this one all of a sudden. John Cena, even though, like, you wouldn't think it, the guy's got a career right now. He's been killing it in movies and TV. Jason Statham doesn't need these movies for a paycheck. Jason Momoa, even, though I think part of it was just to be part of this and be able to cut loose, because the guy obviously just let loose in this film to the umpteenth degree. But I think that's, like, for me, like, has to be something said for it, because the amount of star power that they get that I'm like, how the fuck? is Charlize Theron still making these movies. Yeah. Because there's no way she signed a contract that's going to bury her in these shit. She came in so late, it has to be an enjoyable time to make a film. And don't get me wrong, these movies make money. No matter how much I shit on them, they make money. So there's money to be made with it too. So anyway, but nobody fucking dies and it frustrates me. No, 100%. 
frustrates me more than Marvel. Since you were talking about the dynamic between Tej and Roman, which I've always found funny since part two, one of the jokes pissed me off. It literally pissed me off because they blatantly stole it from a Will Smith movie called iRobot. And that was the one where he's like, he sneezes. He's like, I'm allergic to your bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a great joke, but Will Smith did it in iRobot and it caught me so off guard in that movie. Cause I'd never heard that joke before. And Will Smith pulled it off beautifully. Like I laughed every time I watch it. I laugh the way he does it. Cause he does this like exaggerated sneeze where he's like, and then he, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm allergic to bullshit. And then like his delivery is just so much better than Roman's. So I was actually pissed off at that. I was like, come on. I gave it a pity laugh. Cause they telegraphed it so bad. (laughs) Like I was like, Oh, ha ha. Yeah. A real good joke. Like knew it was coming as soon as he said something nice. Yeah. (laughs) As Ludacris said something nice. I was like, Oh, here it goes. Oh, he sneezed up. I wonder what he's going to say. Yeah. Well, that was even said it along with. (laughs) Yeah. No shit. Well, he sneezed and I I was doing the same thing in the theater yesterday. I was like, motherfucker, they're going to fucking steal. Cause I, Seriously, it's one of my favorite jokes in like in iRobot because iRobot's not a great movie, but that moment is fucking hilarious. Maybe we'll have to do like an off, we'll do put it on Patreon as us watching that. Yeah, it's great because it came out of nowhere. It was a shocker. Whereas this one, like you said, was very telegraphed. And I was like, really? Did you just blatantly steal that joke? Come on. Anyway, so that one annoyed me. But let's talk about your next topic. And I'm going to turn this one over to you. Bigger is not always better. All right. So I'm kind of mentioned this to you. So I actually love the Fast Furious franchise for the effort that they put in. Sure. And the problem is they are trying so hard in so many different ways to make this a fun, enjoyable, out there, adventurous series, aside from what made it popular in the first place, which is cars. They are trying their darndest to go bigger with planes, submarines. They went outer space, you know, big old tanker trucks, all these things. But what made it enjoyable was the first one. It's a very realistic film. You have a family who's more of a family by bond rather than blood that races streetcars. And in their off time, they go rob trucks of DVDs on the interstate. It's not, it's not a far reach. And then you start adding secret agencies and then you start adding, you know, covert spy operations and drug deals and drug lords and warlords who have all this new wave tech and taking a step almost into a sci-fi is where they're kind of headed. And it just blowing up bigger, bigger. We got to go bigger. We got to get more and more and more and more. And if they would just dial it back and go back to their roots, I think these movies would still be great. And they do a little bit of this, right? Going back to the old family house after they had, after they, you know, were uh, pardoned, pardoned. Yeah. And, you know, they have all these things, you know, rebuilding the house after it was blown up, like all these things that are so good, but they ruin it by having, you know, these big exorbitant things to where, you know, now we got Vin Diesel pulling down two helicopters, in his, you know, like you were saying, in his adamantium plated uh, supercar. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, because the story is still so good. And if you kept a little bit of street racing, 
And they do throw a little bit in there, right? Like the Brazil Street Larry Race and this one was cool, but it was cool because you had Jason Momoa show up with his bros mm-hmm. thinking he's going to take it. And then Dom's got everybody behind him. And it's similar to what happened in, I think, the fifth one, yeah. where the same thing happens with Dwayne Johnson. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, this is the line in the sand has been drawn. But instead of focusing on that and using that to kind of, you know, if they were going around to the underground circuits around the world racing and, you know, pulling off petty crime or heist in the meantime, that would be dope. Mm -hmm. But instead, we have a giant bowling ball of a bomb rolling towards the Vatican City. And, you know, Dom stops it with his supercar that's apparently impervious to fire. Well, and not only that, but like, can like... (laughs) bullet himself into a crane that then spins yeah. just in time to knock this fucking bomb off the bridge, slams the car into the side of a building, falls 30 feet, and still, still just drives away. <laughs> I mean, and so it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I love this franchise because they are trying everything in their power to make it successful, except what made it successful in the first place. Yeah. For sure. And it's, yeah, stop going big. Dial it back. I mean, if you did a almost a Grand Prix of uh, street racing, that'd be great. Have a, you know, bad guy in each circuit. Give it the Mario Kart treatment. I'm all over that. <laughs> For sure. With cannon cars and shit, I'm down. Yeah. Upgrades going around. Yeah. That's pretty much what this was. Sure. Well, here's the silly part, dude. When you say they need to dial it back, and I completely agree with you. Part of the reason I think this one was better than the last like three is because they kind of did dial it back (laughs) as stupid as that is to say. But when you think about the ridiculous shit that happens in this one, like the first, the last one starts with an absolutely ridiculous scene, like the bombs and missiles and shit. And they're fucking linking up with magnetic fucking planes and they're fucking chaining to each other's wheel wells and shit and swinging. It's bullshit. And then it just gets worse from there to the point that we end up in outer space in a fucking Fiero. Because, yeah, that body would hold out with that kind of force. Anyway, there's that. This one, the most ridiculous thing that happens is this. But I'm okay with the cannon car because it was cool. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can go crazy with cool. Yeah. Involved with it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 100% realistic, but you have to kind of draw your boundaries somewhere to make it get rid of the agency, get rid of all this sci-fi crap. But other than, cars. but that's the, other than the freaking, that one sequence with the bomb where they, he was in the, him versus the bomb was ridiculous. Then you have the final sequence, which you knew was going to be outrageous, but even that only the helicopter part. And then the driving down the fucking spillway bothered me because the helicopter's, First of all, I don't care how heavy that car is. That, that fucking car is coming off the ground with two helicopters yeah. strapped to it. Because these weren't even like news choppers. These were fucking military grade. You're off the ground. You're not bouncing around. It's, they're just going to pull you off the ground and drop your ass. The second piece of it is anybody that stood on the edge of a dam and looked down the spillway like that, not possible to drive down that. Yeah, let alone faster than gravity. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> like the fucking angle that that it because it, it's not like you're at an angle that you can put the weight of that car. It's not a slope. No, it's, it's fucking. It's, it's like, a drop. <laughs> yeah. So when his tires hit, he's gonna bounce off or the ass end of that car. He's gonna go end over end in their toes. Anyway, that part I was like, Jesus Christ. 
But we've been seeing it in the trailers, so I knew that ridiculous shit was coming. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll live with it. But then when he lights up the NOS with the fire in the car, I'm like, no, they're going to explode. The instant yeah, he turns that. that fucking nozzle, kaboom, because NOS is ridiculously flammable. That's how it works. And then I was like, no. <laughs> so was, but other than that, it was the most realistic we've had in a long time. Yeah. Which is sad to say, because this one, even this one was outrageous, but oh, absolutely. not nearly as, as the others have been. So I'm with you. I wish they'd go back to just street racing. Because if you watch the first one and then you watch nine, you're like, how do we get here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? It only took eight movies to get this far off track. <laughs> yeah. The most ridiculous thing, thing they did in the first one was fucking drive underneath semi trucks. Like that was, yeah. you know what I mean? That was it. This one and movies do that all the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I'm with you. Well, and I, what I also miss is like the practical effects. Cause that's one thing that even in the later versions of this film, these films, they stuck with practical effects for as long as they could. For the most part, mm-hmm. this one and the last one blatantly CGI shit, because you have to, cause you're to that level. Oh yeah. You're that you're to that level of ridiculousness that you have to have cgi effects but this one was a by far the most cgi laden out there and i was like eh, it bothered me but i yeah i'm always gonna look for things to shit on with these movies because they're raw entertainment and people love them but they're just not good movies okay should we rate it let's do it i'm going first because i gotta get this out of here this movie is going to benefit from the fact that it's better than its predecessors which i hate to say because I, I try, I really do try not to make comparisons and have that impact my rating. But I found myself having fun during this film, which I haven't done the last two at the very least, right? Nine, I did not enjoy anything of it. Eight, I did not enjoy anything of it. The only thing I enjoyed during these series of films more in the last probably five was, was Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff, right? Like that was entertaining to me more than most of the main films. So this one, I'm like, "Eh, fuck. But I was entertained in certain parts. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm in a Fast and Furious film, the rest of it. Jason Momoa saved this movie, no matter what. Like he was the best part of this movie. The fucking just wackadoo shit and the flamboyant, enjoyable, just out there sociopathic behavior. Loved it. Every second of it. Like, the scene that always comes to mind was when he's in the car with little B at the end. And he's like, he goes, why would he do that? He's like, Oh, he's so dead or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I very honorable. Sorry. Uh, You know, it's just like, what the, (laughs) like just that moment of like, Oh, I should probably not be a dick to the little kid. Like it was just so weird to me, but I loved every moment of his performance. And then John Cena was the other part that just was thoroughly entertaining There were a lot of characters in this movie that I was like, we didn't need that to bring baby nobody, lady nobody, nobody's daughter. It just felt like a reason to have Brie Larson in the film for the future female spinoff. Like, that's the only reason it felt like she was there. Anyway, I'm rambling at this point because it's just I want to find things to like about these movies because I always do. But they've gone off the rails for me. But this one was better than they have been. I'm going to give it a two. 
And I'm going to leave it there. If you're looking for just dumb fucking action with some good comedy because of Jason Momoa, because of moments, Tej and Roman, and because of John Cena, you'll find some entertainment value in this. And there's always great action scenes, no matter how unrealistic they are. Everybody's alive still, the exception of a couple, and that's not going to change anytime soon. But So I'm going to give it a two. I won't watch it again. Obviously, we'll probably end up watching 11 when it comes out and 12 when it comes out. But to do for the podcast, since we're already on this train, we might as well finish it and ride it all the way out. But ride or die. Exactly. But yeah, two is as as high as I can go without hurting my soul and feeling like a sellout. (laughs) So there it is. All right, Alec, what about you? All right. I'm kind of similar. I think this was an okay movie. And then Jason Momoa took it to be a good movie. I'm going to give it a little bit higher. I'm going to go two and a half, middle of the road, but squarely on Jason Momoa's shoulders. If I watch this again, it will purely be to watch his performance because it was so good. It should win him an award. It probably won't because it's in a Fast and Furious movie. Sure. But he should get an award for his performance. And he would be the only reason I would encourage anybody to go watch it. And I really hope this leads to him getting more comedic roles or bigger kind of franchise stuff outside of Aquaman. Um, yeah. let, him, let him go. I would love to see him reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise mm-hmm. um, or do something similar to that. Even if it's not Pirates of the Caribbean, Jason Momoa as a pirate would be beautiful. That's fair. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be two and a half. Not really going to watch it again, but I will watch Jason Momoa anytime. So yeah, middle of the road, but only because of him. <laughs> yeah. He really stole the show. And I loved his like purple Impala. <laughs> and then the, the chair, but I will say the cherry red, was it a fair lane? Yeah. The Ford fair lane he was in at the end. That was a sexy fucking car. <laughs> but the, yeah, the lavender fucking Impala. That was pretty funny too. Yeah. He was just great. But I'll YouTube the shit out of his performances. Oh, yeah. Watching those moments with him again. Absolutely. But that's about it. So there it is. All right, Alec. Well, we're not shitting on race cars and going to space. Where else can people find us? All right. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to watch this fantastic Fast X episode of the podcast. This movie was okay. Definitely better than some recent installments in the franchise. But overall, just wait for it to come streaming if you're interested in it. In other news, check us out, guys. We are having an experiment coming up in June where we are revisiting some classic films from decades that Matson would not approve of. <laughs> it is awesome. June will include the first Western on the podcast mm. and the first silent film. So mm. follow or subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification so you are notified when those episodes drop. Special t- to our current patron, Matson Likes Brownies. Yes. Yes, he does. With that, I will send it back to the Titan of Terror, the Sultan of Swat, OJJ. I love it when I don't check the Patreon for a minute and he's got a new name and I get to learn it live like I just did. It's the first time it's ever happened, but I love it. I'm going to have to make Alec in charge of my Patreon so I can fucking have that moment because that was great. Madsen loves brownies. If you want to know more about that, go ahead and listen to our uh, last episode being hypnotic and you'll get to learn all about Batson and the brownies yeah it's quite a funny story yeah as always we appreciate you tuning in we will catch you on the next hasta la vista baby cinemagic out